Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stars Like Us. I'm Aliza Kelly, and today I am here with a fellow astrologer who I'm so happy to connect with. This is Jessica Wiggin, also known as Bahati Life. Jessica Wiggin is a professional astrologer and tarot reader with over 20 years of experience. She is best known for her insightful and powerful readings. Jessica is a Virgo sun, Virgo moon, and Cancer rising, and this is very tank. I say this thing called tank, which means there are no coincidences. Today, at the time of this recording, is the first day of Virgo season. We have Virgo, the sun in Virgo at zero degrees. So you are representing all Virgos across the world right now in this episode. Jessica, it is so lovely to connect with you. It's so good to be able to connect with you. So I, it's always such a treat and such a pleasure having fellow astrologers, spiritual people, mystics on this show, because it's like, it just feels easy. You know, it just feels easy to like, we speak the same language. We appreciate the same things. We could assume that we have some of the same shared values because that is what so much of this work is about. Also, I'm obsessed with your background, with what's going on behind you. There's some major phallic crystals, vaginal crystals, crystals of all shapes and sizes. Right. Oh my God. The fact that you were able to pick up on that. <laughs> I'm a pervert. So like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I've, a few people have actually noticed how phallic my amethyst cave is, but no one has noticed. And this is so funny because my mom and I, we, we were setting intentions for the years of my life to come. And I've been shifting as far as like what my goals are. And one of them is to actually start prepping for family and, you know, creating a family of my own. My mom's a witch as well. And when she gave me this crystal, this is from her, like, I don't know where she got it, but she keeps her crystals in her garden in like certain spots. So we actually bless this crystal with the, with the intention that this was going to be a rep- representation of the Yoni and or Yoni. Yeah. So I've, and I'm all about, you know, being in the middle, like the, uh, you know, straddling between like the shadow and the light and stuff like that. So as I'm working, people don't realize that, but as I'm working, I do want to have perfect balance and symmetry, but you're the only one who's actually noticed that. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've even before we started recording, we were talking about some amazing, you know, I told you what the format is of the show and I right. said that I offer a tarot poll if that is of interest. And yeah. you're like, oh my God, no one's ever offered no that. No one's ever done that. 
I literally say all the time too, I'm like, tarot is easily one of my love languages. And just to, I don't know if that maybe like even falls under like acts of service, but to me, I don't so much see it as service as much as it is like, you know, just showing up. So that was also, you know, stunning for me to, to feel that in that moment. So thank you. Well, it was, I, I was actually, this was a tank moment for me because I recently had a moment where I said to a client, no one's ever done this for me. Yeah. This is a few weeks ago, but not very long ago, um, posting on Instagram about my grandmother and her going to the hospital and this, you know, this, the stress of having a 92 year old grandmother in the United States of America. And, uh, it's been obviously with everything, a struggle, but it was even a struggle pre the panini, you know, it's always, it's been hard. And I have, you know, a very full schedule and for the first time ever, in the history of my work as an astrologer, which is a long time, I went on my conference line to meet with a client and the client said, Hey, I'm really looking forward to this, but let's reschedule because I saw what you were going through on Instagram. And yeah. And I started crying. That's a game changer. Yeah. That is a game changer. That has been the hardest struggle for me is that as I was doing readings for the world and trying to be of service in that way that I felt so called to. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a human being and just like everyone else is having their own personal emergencies, so am I. And I'm trying to figure out how to navigate through that. You know, things are topsy turvy. And um, I would get a lot of angry uh, emails from people that were just like, why? you know, I, I waited for this. Why can't you show up for me? This is a business. You need to show up. And I'm like, listen, I'm a human being first. And for someone, if anybody was to look at me in that way and acknowledge the fact that I am human, I'm sensitive or me even saying like, I having that space or that offering to be like, listen, if you can't do this, you know, put yourself first that in the level of grace in that, that would bring me to tears too, because you know, that, that says so much about how you see me, how you view me and that you do see me as a human being. And a feeling person at that. Well, it was to me, it was what was really stunning to me was that it wasn't a question. It was like the, this, this amazing client, this amazing individual, this amazing human. Yeah. It was a, I am going to not put another decision on you. I'm going to take the pieces that I've already been able to put together because I'm, I follow you on the internet. I see what you're dealing with. And I'm yeah. going to just jump in and say, this is probably not a good time. Yeah. And obviously that's like, takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot yeah. of like, you know, bravery. This is a remarkable individual, but never has someone done that for me. Wow. And I really needed that hour. I really needed that hour. I needed to call the nursing home. Wow. I needed to call her doctors and get yeah. her lab results. Like I needed I, that hour was precious to me. And I think that this is, you know, as astrologers as mystical people, you know, we're working with time a lot. Kronos, Saturn, the concept of this, you know, the time structures and the cycles. And it's really interesting to be in service with people, which is obviously a very time consuming thing. But as someone who also is really interested in hopefully having my own family, becoming a mother myself and wanting to be able to make sure I'm spending time with the loved ones in my life. Right. It's like, how do you find, how do you reconcile you find the time? The exactly. Yeah. Especially when 
it's something that you're passionate about that you love and you feel so purpose filled in it. So there's like so many different aspects of the work that is that we do. There's a side that, again, you're passionate, you love it. You would, I know that I would be doing this regardless if I was able to get paid for it or, you know, make a living off of it, whatever. I would still, even to this day, like I remember the times when I would take a break from being accessible, you know, to the world or available um, in front of the world. I remember I would be out and about and I would just be talking to a random stranger, a random person. And I would always draw people to me that were like going through something and just would be pouring their hearts out. And I would just feel so like, yeah, let's shuffle the cards. Let's, let's see what spirit has to say and just open that door and it would be transformative. So I know that I'm, you know, if I was doing this for a living or, you know, doing it for a higher purpose, I would still be doing it regardless. So that always has shown me and given it, give me this feeling that, you know, I was on the right path that I'm doing what is it I love, but it, it, it can be really easy to quickly tumble into, you know, being off balance and, you know, how, especially when, you know, and that's the other thing too, like, I'm going to go off, like, cause this is just a topic, but I've always felt, um, intuitive beings or spiritually sensitive beings. We are so in our intuitive brains. But to balance that too, when it comes to the business format and the structure of that, that can be really tough, um, especially when you want to be of service, when you feel called, when you know that there's someone who needs you and you want to help them. And then you also see your family and you also want to spend time with your friends. And then you also want to cuddle on the car the couch with your partner, you know what I mean? Or walk the dog and then practice self-care. How does one balance all of those things? And that has definitely been... Um, a, a journey for me, an important journey for me. And I feel like I'm finally, finally getting to a point in my life where, you know, I'm, I'm able to find something that has worked for me. And I, and even every other day, I kind of have to adjust and reevaluate, you know, what are we doing now? So. And what have you found in terms of the things that are working? What were the changes that you needed to implement and how were those, how were those adjustments baked into your process? Right. So one of the things that I needed to face was boundaries, you know, and this was not only boundaries um, with me and the world, but it was also boundaries within myself because I, during my Saturn return, I was just, you know, grinding, man, like I wouldn't stop. And that was awesome. Like I needed that. And, you know, Virgo, you know, being of service and that work, you know, those working ways and wanting to perfect it and wanting to show up and wanting to get it right and wanting to do the most and then go above and beyond. It was really hard for me to scale it back. And I would constantly just keep, you know, over, over processing, overdoing, you know? Um, so after a while, what, what ended up happening was I just snapped, you know, like I just, I felt like I just really broke down. So in that process of breaking down, you know, I really believe that, you know, those challenging moments, they really like open up doors. So that was an awesome time for me to look at myself and to say, okay, Jess, you know, you got to say no, you got to say no. It's easy sometimes to say no to other people, but sometimes it's really hard, at least for me to say no to myself. And really was like, what is most important to you? What is most valuable to you? And I really spent a lot of time, especially in New Orleans, sitting at my altar, kind of mourning the loss of things that I had sacrificed, mourning the loss of, you know, moments and memories that I had just 
you know, just was grinding to the point, you know, obviously clearly of like breaking down and going back to a, to the divine, going back to the d- divine within myself and reconnecting. And that's what helped me to get divinely inspired because there's no way that I, I don't believe that I would have been able to figure that out on my own. And even if I could, I don't think that I would want to, because I rely so heavily on, you know, you know what I believe in. So I just took, you know, a year and some change to kind of process it, um, to, to be pulled off for a little bit to work my magic in a way that felt good for me and healthy for me and sharing that with others. And then I started to process it and put it like put it in its little compartments that made sense. And then that's what I've been sticking with. So, and now that I'm, I switched my location again, which I'm notorious for doing, but I, I migrated on into an environment that was more conducive to where I was at in my life, where I want to be at my life and what my goals were going to look like. And then I adjusted a little bit, but it was all about routine and ritual and, you know, honoring those boundaries that I was inspired um, with when I was living in New Orleans. So when you're, when you're talking about what's going on during your Saturn return and that like heavy grind, you're talking about working as a spiritual practitioner. Is that right? Yeah. And, um, in that process, it was a part of my journey, but I, I spent a lot of, um, time accidentally sacrificing myself, sacrificing my own needs, my family, my more intimate, you know, life, and even attracting partners that were doing the same thing, which was awesome because it gave me the space to, to grind as hard as I was and, you know, to hit my goals. But ultimately, you know, a person can only go so far with that. What is your Saturn in? Sagittarius. Okay, cool. So yours was right before mine. Mine Saturn is in Capricorn. Remember your whole chart? I feel like my brain just <laughs> it's out. I do remember my whole chart. I don't remember every single minute detail, but I'm Capricorn rising. I'm Saturn's bitch. Okay. So I feel like I have to <laughs> I have you. to know where Saturn is at all times. <laughs> Saturn is in my 12th house, but it's hovering at my ascendant. My Saturn is at seven degrees. My ascendant is at 12. So it's like, you know, they kind of work together. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's because I spend so much time like every day or every other day pulling the charts that I, I just never, it doesn't cement in my brain, my own personal chart. If I look, you know, when I look at it, I, I pull my transits, I do my solar return, my lunar return and progressions and all that other stuff. And I just never, it never sticks. Yeah. I, I could totally understand that. I mean, it's, I also think that that kind of speaks to something that I have been reconciling, which is how little over the past couple of years I have actually been working with my own astrology. You know, uh, like I will have something, you know, only when it's like a monumental, epic, you know, yeah. something that is undeniable where I'm like, I got to pull the chart. Yeah. But then yeah. I'll pull the chart and I'll be like, was I not going to notice? Yeah. Is, you know, Mars Pluto opposition. Was I not going to notice this? Like I, I, because I'm so focused on all of the other things that are associated with, you know, being, I guess at the end of the day, you know, having one's own business and catering to my clients and my customers, you know, right. fundamentally, yeah. a lot of the time it's, you know, I feel like I have had to realize how little I am embodying a lot of this because I'm so fucking busy. I feel you. Yeah. This year was a big reconciliation. 2021. What happened for you this year? Well, last year I totally burned out last year. That was it. What did that look like for you? Good question. Because I've talked about this on the show before, but 
I really feel like it's so kind of critical to talk about because I was someone who, when I would see someone burn out and they would post about their burnout, I'd be like, you motherfucker. If only I had enough work and if only I was rich enough to feel yeah. like I could burn out. Like, because to me, I was so, you know, so much of my money anxieties and my fears of failure and not being able to live the life that I felt like I should live yeah. were built into me working, you know? Yeah. So I would like, when I was, you know, five years ago, if I would see someone talk about burnout, I'd be like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, like whatever, like first Deal world problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> exactly. And I really did wish, I really wish that I had enough work so that I could experience that. Yeah. And that I could pay my bills and I could make choices and I had financial freedom. And a lot of it comes down to money for me because mm. I have a lot of money trauma. So the idea of getting so busy where you experience the burnout was yeah. kind of mythological to me. Mm. I didn't think that it would happen. To me. I really thought that I would be sort of like, it I would never reach that level because my urge and my drive and my ethic were going to carry me across right. whatever I needed. But then when it happened and I started, I, I now I know, you know, I, I could see the signs looking back. Yeah. Yeah. And the signs were this lack of passion first. Mm. It was not feeling excited about anything that I had to do. Yeah. Despite the fact that all of the things I had to do were things that would have at one point made me very excited. And yeah. suddenly working with my clients, writing horoscopes, making videos, like doing the things that would have brought me joy all felt exhausting and depleting. Yeah. But I didn't know that I thought I was just, you know, I thought that it was the panini and in a lot of ways it is, yeah. but yeah. that kind of but suddenly there was a surge of interest around astrology and metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, structures that I had, which were already kind of reaching peak, started to, it was almost like it started to collapse under the pressure of it. Because yeah. I, what I came to realize is that for me, doing a session with someone is, it is not quantifiable. It is yeah. an unquantifiable exchange. I agree. And I was setting the price, you know, higher and higher. And then it got to the point where I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to yeah. charge people this much money to have a fucking yeah. session. This, right. feels, this actually starts to feel a little like scammery and I'm not a scammer, but it's just like anything that, is that much money feels ridiculous. I totally agree. Yep. And then it was realizing that I was basically like just, going on autopilot and that there was no longer an emotional connection. And that I had totally disassociated from my work. Mm -hmm. And if everything collapsed, I wouldn't have cared. Uh, and that was my burnout. And that was also when my, I was able to say, Aliza, but you do care. You care so fucking much. Like yeah. this is actually like, you care so much that you drove yourself into this position. Yeah. But now you've worked yourself so hard that yeah. you don't care if this all comes crumbling down. You don't care if you go back into debt because yeah. you just need it to stop. Yeah. And that's when I was like, hard stop on everything. Yeah. I realized that the, the people who were booking these one-off sessions, like mm -hmm. the amount, even though it was obviously it's an investment for them, they're paying whatever it is, $200 for an hour for a session, 
Like that's an investment, no doubt about it. But for me, it takes so much energy. It takes so much focus. It takes so much concentration. And then that person will have a session and be like, cool, I had a good experience. But the amount that I have to pull up to give someone a good experience is not worth $200. I feel you. You know, (laughs) how how did you metabolize that for yourself? That's a tough answer because there there were so many things that were like folded in to like my experience. And one of the things was, it wasn't that I wasn't passionate. Looking back, I thought that that was going to be, if I was going to expect something, I would expect a lack of passion. The passion was there. I just felt so personally, I felt so empty. I felt so void. Like I felt violated. And that was the word that I kept using. I just, um, the passion was there to show up and to talk and to reach and to share doing it felt like some, I don't want to say violent, but the spiritual violence, like, you know, on me. And I became very irritated and it triggered within me feelings of trauma, I guess, that I didn't even know that I was experiencing, you know, that I had experienced when I was a child where, and growing up that I just was like, I need someone to protect me and I can't protect myself. Please don't ask me to protect myself. The whole world need, like the whole world is looking, the whole world has this expectation. And I love that you call current events panini. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> also, we get so censored. Um, shout out to podcasts where we're able to talk, you know, different yeah. <laughs> platforms without censoring ourselves, but it's such a cute cute, cute word. And also the heat and the pressure of it. Like I'm actually, yeah, it really, it's like, it's, it's totally like the perfect imagery for it. Right. Imagery, <laughs> metaphor, like all of the above. Yes. I felt like, you know, something ar- around that time. And it was some, some stuff, you know, I started predicting before it showed up and I was sharing those visions. I was really scared and cautious about what I would share to the world. Cause people take my word you know, very, and they respect it and seriously. And I, I love that. Um, but I, I feel very responsible in how I share my messages to people. I don't want to freak them out. And, you know, it takes a really grounded centered person to hear and see some of the things that I see and then not be shook up by it. And I didn't want to, um, erupt, you know, fear in anybody. So it was around the panini time, like when that started happening and, you know, and before that, that, that was actually refreshing to me, but there is, that's a whole nother story, but building up to that, you know, more and more astrologers, intuitives and gifted people, psychic people. And, you know, we're showing up on using social media in order to share their own prophecies, visions and information. And I felt like I should be engaging more. I should be, you know, putting in my two cents and giving, you know, my information. I should be, you know, just showing up. And I started getting a bit more irritable with that and not at them because I was proud and very like happily like encouraged by like what I was seeing. But internally, I just was so irritated at just, it was like wrongly, like I I felt like I wasn't accusing anybody, but I was just like, I, I felt like I wanted to talk to, you know, people from that I felt should have been protecting me. And now I'm an adult. I needed to learn how to protect myself. And that's where my burnout was, you know, showed up. I felt so plastic. I felt so mannequin like, and I would keep going to, again, my altar. I would keep going to, I stopped manifesting. I stopped setting intentions. I felt just, it was empty. It felt very empty. It felt very hollow. 
And that irritated me because I'm like, I don't want magic. I don't want intention. I don't want astrology to turn into something that is corporate. And I felt like (laughs) beat hard pause, major, like massive, like that. Yes. Especially right now. And I, again, like it was something that we saw or I saw and I'm like, you know, I can't control that. But I, so there was these levels of me just kind of like processing each one of these things. And I just, I had to go back. Like I have my own history. I have my own traumas and stuff that I was processing. I had to go to a, you know, a therapist to talk through it like every week, you know, meanwhile, it's like, I felt like I was showing up for the world and I was being authentic, but I'm like, you know, people don't know that this is what I'm feeling right now when I'm going through. So that's what my burnout looked like for me. And I just was allowed to be so stubbornly selfish and it was so beautiful and odd, like oddly beautiful because I learned so much about, you know, my internal baggage, my internal wounds. I didn't know that I was carrying because I had allowed myself to get into that place. And I had to, you know, reroute a little bit and move differently. And even now I'm still rerouting and just free flowing with it. And I believe that, you know, certain energies of places kind of give you the space to, to, you know, do like a hard rewire. I don't know if that's the right word, but just kind of like tap into and tune into the, you know, the energy of that place and then feel different, have a different outcome. And, you know, being by the beach and being so immersed in nature and with animals and sun, salt, air has been so healing for me and makes this moving forward. And thus far, it's been a year since I've been here. Um, way better. Where, where, in, where in the world are you right now? Right now I'm in Florida. Cool. Yeah. I also had, I relocated out of the city. I'm still back and forth, but I'm spending so much more time in nature, so much more time with the cycles of the yeah. seasons. And like mm-hmm. that has been profoundly transformative. Yeah. Something that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on is the trauma component of it, which obviously not to like have a fully traumatized episode, but you do that. I realize well, we we go there. We go there. <laughs> I realized also through this year, and mm-hmm. this was about actually this time last year. Mm-hmm. So it was right at the beginning of Virgo season of 2020. Something that should have maybe not been a breakthrough to have so late in the game, <laughs> but suffice it to say it comes when it comes which is that I, why I'm good at my job is because I had to be good at being there Mm. for people because that was what I had to do in my household growing up Yeah, 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 is that I had to be the little adult and, you know, process with and for people who were not doing their own emotional digesting. I feel. Yeah. And it made me very good at doing that, at concentrating, at patience, but it ultimately came from me feeling like everyone was going to abandon me. Mm. If I didn't sit with my mom and try to understand why she was being erratic, or if I couldn't get my dad to focus on me and like, you know, I would basically offer my sensitivity, Mm. my concentration, my deep listening so mm-hmm. that I could get love from the people in my life who are not giving it to me in more sustainable ways. Yeah. So obviously then it's like, I know how to be an astrologer in a session, Yeah. but that ne- isn't necessarily healthy for me. 
because it didn't come from a place where I felt like my, like I was being satiated. It comes from this, like, see me, validate me, love me. Do you love me now? If I'm giving you this attention, if, do you love me? If I'm making your life make more sense, because Mm -hmm. that was the position that I was in forever. So just because I was good at it doesn't mean that it was something that I should, as a cycle, I should continue to do. Yeah. I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think a lot of intuitives, a lot of empaths, a lot of psychics. And I love that your mom is a witch. My mom is also a witch. My mom's a very complicated witch. Um, She's an amazing witch. And she's also a really very hard person to have as a mom, but she's doing the work with me now. And I really appreciate her for at this moment, you know, coming back through with awareness, but no doubt, like we would make circles and manifest and do magic together. And then she would also be really unreliable and really erratic and really unpredictable. So my magic was also always, you know, it's really personal, the commodification of it, because I also was, you know, have this money trauma. And I also wanted to be self-sufficient. And I also wanted the things that I didn't have growing up. And all of that in that same cauldron together just got really complicated. It turned into a really messy brew. And I think that's what I started to realize by the end of last year is I was like, this is a very messy concoction. (laughs) Like, I think I need to clean this out a little bit. Yeah. So how did I, my question about your mom is how did her magic and her, like, do you think that your magic is, was sort of influenced or inspired by the way that she processes? Do you think it was a reaction to it? Like, do you think that it's kind of like, it's going down the line or do you think that it, like your magic is a direct response to her magic? You know what I mean? Like, is it a consistent flow or is it something where you are kind of like hopping over a couple of stones to have your magic relative to hers? I feel like I've always felt, and my mom and I say this, that we have always walked from the moment that I feel, from the moment that I entered the earth, we were walking side by side. And we started our journey the same time when it came to magic, witchcraft, setting intention in the like an intense way, because there was there were moments where my mom had, from what I understand, and I'm really cautious and careful about talking about her experiences because she's really cautious and careful and she's not the most um, excited to have her you know, to be on the internet. Yeah. 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 Which I respect. She goes back and forth with that, but there was an, an expectation and an image that she wanted for herself that when she had me, she was trying to fulfill that image when it came to religion, belief and being a mom, you know, what type of mom she wanted to be, what type of person she wanted to be. And then that kind of crumbled. So then that's when we together later on deviated and just kind of broke through. So we were always doing our, kind of like going through our journey side by side. And it was like, we were contributing into each other. And there were moments where she would kind of, you know, deviate and turn in a different direction. And I would take a sharp turn, um, not only in our beliefs and our practices and our rituals, our routines, but also as far as how close we were physically to each other, because I broke away, you know, for a few times from a young age um, and had my own 
you know, experiences with that. So I, we, it was always something that we were always checking in with each other while we were also navigating through our own to our own complex, sometimes tumultuous relationship. I think that that's something that I, I don't have language or fully realized understanding around yet, which is, you know, I feel similarly with my mom. We are so, we're both Pisces moon. We are so spiritually, karmically linked. It is so, you know, there's so much of two souls Mm -hmm. just coexisting, but then there's also, you're my mom, you know, and I'm your daughter. And like, how does that play into it? In a lot of ways, it's like, if you were to drop off, if, if me and my mom were to like, just be here and she had me older, she had me at 40. So if my mom and I were just sort of coexisting now two adult people together, like what a cool soulmate connection. But there's also all of those years when I needed not like a buddy, but a mom, you know? And that is what (laughs) we are now in therapy reconciling, right? Because it's like, I have the utmost respect for two, two souls being together, but I haven't fully processed what it means for one soul for before their adult souls for one to be the little one and one to be the big one. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think you said towards the beginning of our conversation that you were eventually going, you wanted to have children or you wanted to build a family. Yeah. Okay. So what do you like having gone through what you've gone through and lived through what you lived through with your own relationship with your mother and wanting to start a family of your own? I'm curious what two things, what you would do differently, what your intention is, I guess, for the life that you want to create and the relationship you want to create and the, you know, for your, for your, I was going to say daughter. I don't know why I'm getting daughter vibe. Yeah. Um, I had to like stop myself from saying that (laughs) with your child, I'll say that. And also my second question is I'm wondering, because I'm also exploring this, how are you going to, what's your plan for balancing that? Have you thought about that? Balancing your work with also having a child and having a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to say, I love you. (laughs) I think that you are so, I, I feel when I saw your big three and I saw that you were a Virgo moon and I'm a Pisces moon, I was like, oh, this is going to be so fabulous because (laughs) it's like, we're on the same axis, you know, we're just going to like, we're going to like weave through that access right. together. But these are questions that you're asking are really front of mind for me these days. Yeah. And it's, and it is twofold. One is the, the sort of emotional lineage of like, what does it mean to then know, to be so aware of like family ancestral blessings and burdens yeah. mm-hmm. and to then want to continue a family line. Right. You know, where do you continue that the 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 magic and then right. how do you also stop the cycles i think truth telling is major love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think and i would say that that's probably if we wanted to get very very witchy i would say probably the biggest curse on my family has been lack of transparency mm. and shame and secrets mm-hmm. and things happening in shadows so I would say that the first thing is that I'm not going to lie or not be transparent yeah. with my children. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like from there, hopefully a lot of healing can happen mm-hmm. because 
a lot of, and this is again, like a lot of my magic was extracting truth from people. Like I was like, okay, let's sit down so I could understand what's really happening because people weren't being forthcoming with me. Mm -hmm. So if I became an astrologer to extract the truth, what I know is sort of healing from my end back into the ancestors is like, you can be fucked up. You can be depressed. You can be, you can have addiction. It doesn't make you a bad person, you know, like all of those things can be true and you could be the most amazing person in the universe, you know? So like being multidimensional and allowing a lot of room for that multidimensionality with my children. I love that. That's so important. And then two is the tricky answer is that I feel like my, the charts of my children are going to so inform the way that I imagine them. But then that's also like, well, then you're already applying astrology to the whole damn thing. But like, what can I do? I'm an astrologer. So what about you? I want to flip the questions and ask them back to you because I'm curious as to what your responses would be. You know, I, um, I've been sitting with that and it's funny because I feel like it's a bit more real where I'm at my state, like the stage that I'm at in my life right now. It's it, at one point it was such a vision and a fantasy, not a fantasy, but something to inevitably like manifest and materialize and, you know, make that my reality. And again, like I've been in such an interesting spot where I'm like, I've really, and I just went through a breakup not too long ago, which yeah, I'm, knew it manifested it felt it um no 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 regrets but I but after that I started asking myself you know what do I want like what would it look like and I've always wanted children I've always wanted family but I'm trying to sit with myself a little longer I'm not trying to manifest or materialize you know intentionally like anything next before I know and I've have I have confirmation in my spirit. I think when I finally figure that out, because again, it's more real. So, and I, I I need to know like the details. Like I have to be inspired, you know, before I even, or maybe I should be open to it. But you know, Virgos, Virgos, be like, we need like a plan. Um, <laughs> tell me the plan in detail and specifics, or I don't know if I want it. Like I need to like process it and like figure it out first. Um, and maybe I should be more open and fluid, but it is what it is. So I, I was thinking that I would take some time out from working, you know, showing up for the world and really, um, get hermetic with it and focus on family. Cause that's been the one thing that has not been, you know, something that I've had is that, that, you know, uh, emotionally, um, fulfilling, pouring into nurturing family. And I want to not only give that to my child or children, but I want to be able to give that to myself. I also feel that, and I I understand that there are women um, and men who, when they have a child and they start to see their children getting things that they didn't have, that that can be really tough for them. Like they're so happy for their child, but at the same time, it can also be really triggering. So I'm not saying that that's something that I want to manifest or that I expect, but I want to give myself the space to go through those feelings and to be supported in that without having to show up and deliver anything to anybody else when I'm delivering so much to myself and to my family. 
And I'm learning how to shift my perspective and shift my focus from my value or my purpose or my gifts being given to others and not so much into a family unit. Again, I haven't had, I haven't really been faced with that because it was so easy for me um, because of the absence of the family growing up and the chaos of the family growing up. It was so easy for me to sacrifice family quickly, holidays, time, you know, not show up for them, but to show up for my work. I don't want to repeat that pattern. I don't. And I I want to give myself the time and the space to get comfortable with that if I do have a child. And if I do end up having, you know, a you know, that that family, because there's a part of me that is now questioning, is this something that is realistic for me, mm-hmm. even though it's something that I want, you know? So that's that's my plan. And eventually I want to come back to the world and share the more intimate aspects of my life. Um, you know, raising my child as a witch mother <laughs> on a farm, because <laughs> I definitely have farm life going now. And you know, those those sides. So that's my that's my plan. I love that. And I I relate so much to it. I I even relate to the idea of it like you know, of it being something that is very more of a sort of fantastical concept as opposed to something that's like, shit, we're in our thirties, you know, like (laughs) tangible right here now. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like this is because I never, I didn't plan on having kids in my twenties. That was never, ever something that was on the radar for me. You have kids now? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting girl vibes off of you and I don't know why, but the name Heather. Oh my God. Really? I swear. Yeah. So cool. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. I will. I accept it. I accept Heather girl. Like, I don't know why. So it's kind of like, you know, this is what always happens, but it's like reminding me like Heather, the plant and lavender plant. So it's like something very like, I do have lavender right here. Like a personality that's very soft, very quiet, very like, like pulled, pulled away from the world. Very shy, demure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, part, I'm so excited to, when I do become a mom to see their moon signs because yeah. their moon signs are going to indicate how they feel about me. Yeah. And that is, I feel like I'll be able to calibrate also for that, you know, but I also, you know, um, don't want to lose my autonomy <laughs> and uh-huh. I really like being, not having to only identify, you know, the idea of being only a mom Well, I mean, it's just really hard for women to get older in society, right? Like it's like, you're either when you're older, you're either a mom or you're someone who isn't a mom. And it's like, you kind of become, it's like everything is relative to mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's fucked up. I love that our conversation, like just swam over in this direction. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is actually a perfect segue for me to ask my two questions that I love to ask all the guests, which is, Number one is what do you believe in? So so this is not actually what I was going to think that I would say. I believe this is something I feel intuitively called to say. I don't know why this is what's coming through. Character. Um, And this is not something that I feel is for me right now. I feel like this is something that someone should probably hear. But I feel like character, at the end of the day, like the decisions that we make, um, the choices that we make, and what the decisions and the choices that other people make, Ultimately, they define our character 
it's not, it's neither good nor bad, but it's like, it's that gives clarity into what you should be doing, what you should be saying yes to, what you should be showing up for, at least now in this moment. Not sure why that one's the one that's coming through. I believe in, and I just want to say, I believe in character. Like that is a strong, you know. How do you define character? Character is intention. It's how we, how we show up, how we showcase our intention, how we show up for others, how we show up for ourselves. That's, and this is where I'm, I'm saying define, that's what helps to define us. Um, and sometimes that can be really tough because your character can be pure. Your intention can be pure, but sometimes your fear, your ego, or something creates a resistance, a blockage, but your character, believe in your character. And if you can come back to that space, if you can come back to, okay, who, who am I? Who am I really? That's going to help you to navigate, again, your choices, what you say yes to, what you align yourself with, what you allow into your experience. And character is going to be moving forward. I just feel character is going to be everything. And you can define that. You can decide that. And it's not meant to be easy, but show up, like show up and try. And that also defines your character. Um, My next thing that I believe in, I believe that the universe, the divine is so good to us and wants to be good to us. It wants to be generous. It wants to be kind. It wants to be forgiving, graceful, charming, humorous. We take our experiences here on earth so heavy and we have a hard time allowing ourselves to laugh at it, to enjoy it, to move in a space of love because we are just trying to figure it out or try to like have it meet an expectation or, you know, showcase something about ourselves. And it's like, you know, spirit really just wants us to trust and to have faith. Maybe not, it doesn't always have to be faith in a higher power, but it could be faith in a higher sense of love or whatever it is that you feel called to trust that, you know, that can happen, whatever that is. If you have it in your heart, if you have it in your soul, and it's not heart by, you know, ego or like, you know, lust. It's more like, I just really need this. And sometimes seeing that makes you so vulnerable because you have to look at it, you have to see it and accept it and be like, now that I know this about myself, if this doesn't happen, I can't lie to myself anymore. Sometimes we spend a lot of our times blinding ourselves. No, 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 no. But I believe to bring it full circle, that spirit, the divine universe, call it what you will, is very, very generous and is very, very giving. And in that space of being giving and generous, um, it doesn't want to give to us or doesn't want us to manifest or materialize. And if you believe it's your higher self, your higher self will protect you from over generosity for things that would be too toxic or too draining or burdens or things that you think that you want, or you think that you want, you know, from a space of trauma that if you were to take that on the baggage of that would be too real, too heavy for you to carry. And no one wants that for you. So the generosity that you would receive is not in this physical thing, but it's the fact that you don't have to care. It's the absence of the physical thing. The fact the generosity comes from the space that you're not, we're not giving it to you because we don't want you to carry that. Like it would not be fair for your spirit, your energy, you know, your heart, your soul to carry that burden. So, you know, generosity looks like that. I believe. I love that. It really, just bringing it to astrology for a second, that really has heavy eighth house feels to me. Yeah. That feels very, very eighth house. That feels very much sort of like 
the second to eighth house access, the delineation of those, you know, the second house being like, oh, these are what I have. This is what I'm good at. And the eighth is like, well, you could also be good at it and then choose with intention to to not pursue that, to not say yes to that. You can choose how you want to move through the blessings. Yeah. How does magic show up in your life? I mean, magic is all the time. Like it's literally all the time. When does it not show up? Like it's just always showing up. To me, you know, magic is like things that we set intention for, but also just watching. I do like time lapse um, cams on my on my personal Instagram, you know, and I just record the clouds passing and watching them kind of like you know disappear and show up and <laughs> just get like really really fluffy and then you know thin out. That to me is really magical. The magic of that moment, like it's just like the fact that I'm here right now, holy, like what? It's like mind blown, you know, magic just is always showing up. Or let's say it's like, you know, I set intention, like I'm last night was the full moon. Um, and I'm just like out there, just crouched down with my legs, like spread out, just literally squatting and my hands up and the way that I feel the vibrations that I feel like, and just singing out to this (laughs) full moon and like, that is magical to me, you know, making coffee in the morning is magical as hell. Like <laughs> <laughs> love that magic. Like, <laughs> like all of it. Yes. So real. So everything, real. Everything to me is magical. And I think if I it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of a fairy tale, which I'm Virgo. I don't really believe in fairy tales, but so it's weird that I'm saying this out loud, but it kind of reminds me of like a, a fairy tale that I've heard that's like you'll see magic everywhere if you believe it, you know, and I that's I just I really do see magic every everywhere. I remember for it last thing I'll say, I remember when I was growing up before my Saturn return um, and before I started grinding and before I started, you know, changing and developing, maturing um, and becoming a little bit more hardened in certain, certain areas of my life. I remember I used to say like the song La Vie and Rose, like I see life in pink. I, that really was my reality. And um, was this like, you know, kaleidoscope of like, you know, vibes and colors and things. So, and now it's like, that was, I had this like little illusion, which was a nice thing. And now I just see it like, it's more grounded. It's more tangible, you know, more realistic. My magic for me is more realistic. So practical magic, (laughs) Virgo stuff. Hey, I would love to pull a card for you. How oh, full circle, yes! full circle. We're here. We're back. That's right. I forgot. So my deck is happiest when it's responding to a question. We could definitely pull a general card, but it oftentimes the answer is like muddled and weird. And it's like, well, I don't know how to interpret this for you. So maybe you know how. Yeah. So this is my uh, high, strong pushy suggestion that you ask something that you really genuinely care about. And we pull a card for that. The first question that comes to my head and it's more just like, and you're, I know you're like, you know, give a good one, something that you really care. My thing that keeps coming through my head. I always go with my vibe and word is everything to me. Um, What is up? Like, that's the question that comes through. Like, what is up? Like, what's, what's up? what's up buttercup like that's the the vibe that I have right now I can work with that I can work with that that's it's I see your question as more than general yeah I see your question as very specific even though I don't have the specifics around it so I feel like I can we can work with that all right so would you like me to pull from pile one pile two or pile three I'm gonna go with one great choice 
Thank you. Okay. So what is up buttercup? What, what is up buttercup? What is up buttercup? Let's see what is up for Jess buttercup. Okay. Okay. Love that actually. How So 10 of swords for our listeners. This is the end of the story. This is the end of the line. This is the okay. end of the road. And this is also, you know, it's swords. So it's intellectual. It is a shift in intellectual consciousness. I wonder if immediately what comes up for me is thinking about you mentioning that you did a ritual last night for the full moon in Aquarius, the swords as Aquarius, you know, as part of the air energy. I'm wondering if this is the death of a way of that you have been processing and thinking and imagining something. Yeah. So that's, what's up is that this is definitely a, the instinct that you I would imagine you're probably working with some sort of a release or a let go. Yeah. Like that is you have. It is released and let go. So now we actually can just move forward. But the card wants me to tell you that that was successful. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That is accurate as heck. Yeah. I don't get this card very often. It's not a card that um, I have the privilege of seeing all that frequently. Yeah. For clients, for others on the show, for myself, because it's a big deal card. You know, it doesn't, this card wouldn't come out if it wasn't really wanting to give you a message that you you don't need to, don't even worry about that. I mean, maybe that's the relationship too, right? Like, don't even worry about that still percolating and like coming back around. Like, it is line drawn in the sand over and done new beginnings. It's like only we're only dealing with that horizon now, you know, it is only sunrise. Yeah. I love that. It's been take, this is not like a year. This is for me, my, what I've been working on when I've been, my magic has been revolving around has been um, breaking cycles, breaking not only for myself, but also for my family. And I just don't want to repeat these, these patterns. And I can't not make a change if I don't know what it I'm looking for. And so I was intentionally manifesting and working on um, things that I didn't understand that were a problem so that I could see it, feel it, heal it and do better. And this is why, you know, I, I mentioned it a little earlier. I'm like, okay, now that we're here, now that I'm here, what do I want moving forward? And it's like, I need a little bit of time and I want to give myself that time um, because it's more real now to process the entirety of the journey up until this point. You know, it's been, thir- I'm 33 years old, about to start my solar return. We want a new, we want a new cycle. Um, what do I want that to look like? And it's very self-focused. Um, so Ten of Swords is the biggest welcome card for me. I love that. As well as death card. I death, the death card for me, um, especially in the nightmare before Christmas. I don't know if you guys, if you have anybody seen that uh, deck yet, but it's very haunted looking, but it feels very peaceful. It feels very like, you know, resting and I love the full moon. So it's like seeing that I'm like, we did it. We did it. It feels very successful. Yeah. It definitely feels very successful. It feels very, very successful. It feels like the things that you were aspiring to sort of, I mean, kind of put a, put a stake in, you know, like yeah. be like done, you are yeah. done. I banish you, you know, right. it's like that you, you did it. Yeah, thank you. Thank did you. it. Well Love done. That. Well done. <laughs> so my darling friend who I'm just obsessed with where I know our listeners are now obviously obsessed with you as well. Where can we find you and continue to 
get to know your work, get to know your practice, support your practice, support your work, all of those things. Of course. So one of my favorite, um, well, BahadiLife.com, um, that's kind of like home base for everything that I do, like my hive, my little beehive um, for the apothecary, for videos and blogs that and information that I'm posting. Also, every week I post a video for the week ahead, astrologically and intuitive. I like to fold both of those things in um, with my messages. And then also my Instagram or Twitter, preferably Instagram. I love Instagram because I'm very visual. That's at Bahati Life, um, where again, I'll post intuitive messages or you know, what is it I'm working on? What is it I'm manifesting? Not Usually not for myself because I don't share all the details of that. Um, but for others, you know what, in the apothecary in my space, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so very lovely. Yeah, same. Thank you. I've had, I enjoyed all of it. <laughs> me too. <laughs>